On Friday 10th April 1835, a body was found in a ruined cottage on a farmstead at the heights of Kilcoy on the Black Isle. Earlier that day, Jane Stewart and John Campbell, along with Betty Stewart and Betty Gray, had been out planting fir trees at the braes of Kilcoy. That evening, Jane and John went to a roofless cottage where she noticed the gauze from a veil. They still had their shovels from earlier in the day and began digging. They soon realised it was a body. It had been covered up with turf and stones, but a glove was also found and part of a shoe was noticed sticking out of the ground. It turned out to be 47-year-old Jane Brechin from Montrose. She was still wearing her purple wedding gown. The body was taken to the townhouse in Dingwall, where the post-mortem was carried out by Dr John Jones and Dr William Hall. Clotted blood was found round her head, her jawbone was broken on both sides and she had lacerations to her head caused by the fall of a wall at the old cottage used to cover up the burial site. The man accused of the murder was 31-year-old John Adam, or Adams, and he became known as the Milbui murderer. At the time of the murder, he was living in Dingwall under the assumed name of John Anderson. It is thought the couple had met while farm servants at Carris Bank Farm near Brechin many years before, but she had spurned him when he had asked her to marry him. Adams disappeared after he enlisted with the 2nd Dragoon Guards and when he was stationed in the north of England he fell in love with 18-year-old Dorothy Elliot whom he persuaded to elope with him on the promise of marriage. To do so, he deserted his regiment. However, he never kept his promise to her and the couple eventually ended up in Dingwall where they lived together as Mr and Mrs Anderson where he worked as a labourer in a local quarry. They took up lodgings with Mr and Mrs Urquhart around a year before the murder. Meanwhile, Jane had opened her own shop in Montrose and she had some savings in her bank. Around Martinmas, 11th November 1834, Adams visited her there, dressed up and charming, claiming he was a sawyer in Inverness and that if she married him, he would find a shop for her there. Against the advice of her friends, she accepted his proposal and he returned to Montrose in March 1835 and they married on the 11th of the month. She sold the shop and the stock and withdrew £113 from her bank account before they left for Inverness. They found lodgings with Hugh and Janet McIntosh at Chapel Street, but at this point he changed his story and told her he had to work in Bewley. He came back and visited her several times, but the Macintoshes noticed he never stayed overnight. One day he came to see her and told her and the Macintoshes that he had taken out a house between Tarradale and Redcastle. So they left the town on Friday 3rd April and caught the boat across Keswick Ferry. She was never seen alive again and he never rented the house as he was still living in Dingwall with Elliot. By this time, Elliot was pregnant with his child. He found the quarry work hard, the wages poor, and the money was drying up. 
he decided his only way out was to find Jane Brechin, his old flame who had spurned him all those years ago, gain her assets by marrying her, then murdering her. On Sunday 12th April, Adam was arrested for her murder and taken to the townhouse in handcuffs. At the time of his arrest, he had £75 hidden under his pillow. Here he was met by a gruesome sight. The body of his dead wife had been placed on a table while attendants stood round her, lighted candles in their hands. Of course, Adam denied everything. He was described as a handsome man of six foot one inch with a cheerful demeanour which he kept up as he denied having anything to do with the murder. The Inverness Courier later wrote that the cool and unconcerned attitude of the man was one of the extraordinary features of the case. In June, while he was serving time in prison, Adam made known he had a grievance with his incarceration. He complained about the heavy irons on his body and asked if they could be removed for part of the day so he could be allowed to walk about the passages in front of his cell. He was allowed this concession while he waited his trial in Inverness, which began on Friday 18th September 1835. The jury returned the unanimous verdict of guilty and he was sentenced to death by the Judge Advocate Deputy John Shaw Stewart, Lord Moncrief. He had made three declarations, but the discrepancies between the first two and the third were enough evidence in the jury's mind to convict him. He was taken from the court to the toll booth, where he was held until the appointed day. On Friday 16th October, the sentence was carried out. It was reported he had slept soundly the night before, and when he was woken, he had spoken to the guards about his adventures in the army and other unimportant topics. It was also reported he ate a hearty breakfast and spoke of his regrets at his actions in past life, including the betrayal of the two women. The execution took place at Longman's grave by the side of the Murray Firth. There was a large crowd of around 8,000 people waiting to witness the hanging. He was taken there by carriage and alighted wearing a camlet black coat which had been provided for the occasion. To the very end, Adams protested his innocence. Once dead, he was placed in a coffin and buried in an upright position beneath the old Inverness jail that later became HQ to Northern Constabulary. After his death, it transpired he had in fact confessed to a fellow prisoner who was to tell the authorities once he was dead. His was the last execution to take place in Inverness.